Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a pussy-ass bitch to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is Morton's Fork. Yeah, so Morton's Fork is one of those brilliant ones that is named after something from years and years ago. This, yeah. is, this was uh, Henry VII's Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, wow. Who, who's, uh, whose surname was Morton, and he made yeah. him uh, ultimately the, the Chancellor, which is who oh, okay. collects taxes. Yep, yep. And uh, he had a theory that basically if people seem to be doing very well for themselves and spending lots of money, mm-hmm. then clearly they've got lots of money and they can afford to pay lots of taxes. Right. And if people are uh, living very frugally and not spending much money, yeah. then clearly they're saving lots of money which they can use to pay lots of taxes. <laughs> right. Ah, okay. okay. So if you were to demonstrate... The- you know, on the face of it, well, no, I don't. I haven't got enough money, so I'm not buying a palace and lavishly <laughs> dressing myself and eating turkeys stuffed inside bears. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm poor. I can't yeah. afford the taxes. He would say, "Oh, okay. Well, what you're doing is eating frugally. Yeah. So consequently, you must you have must have tax money, money left set aside." <laughs> oh no! Absolutely. You're so, hiding to nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and yeah. while that sounds like it might have been used to exploit poor people, and I'm not saying it yes, definitely it's, wasn't. It certainly does. But yes. it, it was primarily used, apparently, to make sure that kind of nobles and, and the people who actually did have money weren't avoiding taxes. So it was actually probably quite oh, okay. a good system of, right, of stopping right. people who probably should be contributing to society from pretending so, oh, okay. they didn't have enough money right by by yeah, uh, yeah. either spending it all and then and then running out of money or just yeah. say oh no we're, say, we're very, we're, yeah, yeah. i can barely afford a turkey stuffed inside a bear yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's yes so it's a kind of precursor to tax the rich <laughs> and 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 do away with tax avoidance schemes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So oh, medieval Jimmy modern. Carr would yeah. have been caught by the uh, <laughs> by the system. Yeah. Um, yes. Call thyself a jester, <laughs> sire. Yes. So sure. what this means is that the Morton's Fork fallacy is where there are two seemingly different choices, which right. ultimately lead to the same conclusion, usually the same negative conclusion or the same negative R- result. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and where it's a fallacy is where someone kind of sets this system up and mm-hmm. and kind of suggests no, these choices are completely separate, but actually they lead to the same thing. Or where they right. where people are like, uh, you know, whatever I do, it's going to be the same situation, and they kind of fall same into output. that that yeah. mode yeah. of thinking. Right. And our first example from Trump is uh, that latter kind of system mm-hmm. where he was asked a question about testing for COVID, and this was early on in the pandemic when uh, the White House had tests but they weren't being rolled out across the rest of the US. Members of your own staff can get tests frequently when they need it, but ordinary Americans cannot. So when will the rest of America have the same access that members of your own White House 
have to testing. And you know what? If we didn't get the tests, if we did no tests in the White House, you'd be up complaining, why aren't you getting tests for the White House? See, we can't win, because if we didn't get the tests, you'd be up. I understand you very well, better than you understand yourself. And frankly, if we didn't get tests done, you'd be up complaining about the fact that we didn't have the tests done. Now that we're doing so well on tests, and so quick and so fast, five minutes, et cetera, and so accurate, you're complaining that we're getting too many tests. So you can't win. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> wow. That's, he's so practiced at that uh-huh. that he was straight in on it, wasn't he? He was saying, rather than saying, Oh yeah, no. There's. It does seem to be a little bit unequal, isn't it? That we're kind of we're not advocating that every member of the public should get it, and we should put some system in place whereby they can. Yeah. And yet, because of our privileged position, we're getting the tests. He could could have gone oh, on. Oh, there are yeah, there are many better that. answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. But just there reaches are... straight <laughs> for straight for. If we did it differently, you would complain. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, how do you? Well, yeah, because it's you. Of course, we bloody would. But how do you? How do you justify not answering the question by that? I know you very well, better than yourself. Yeah. It's, oh my yeah. god! No, I absolutely. forgot how much no, I. Hate can, I know absolutely. When I was listening to that, I was going, "Oh, he's such an arsehole." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, we knew that already. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no. It's. I mean, there's there's way there's loads of ways that you. This is you. Not a hard question. The question no. is simply, when will Americans get the same access to tests yeah. as the White House currently yeah, has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's a reasonable question. It's a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and the question, crucially, isn't, uh, why do you have too many tests? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that wasn't the problem. You're complaining about the numbers. Yeah. Uh, no, they weren't, uh, they weren't complaining. We're I think yeah. most people would agree that the government should be tested so that they yeah. can continue to do their job. Yes, he could have got a free pass yeah. with that, but no, he's he's immediately he's a very sensitive chap. Isn't he? <laughs> he's he's immediately on the defensive. Yeah. Well, and as we know from reading Mary's book, that's comes from a history of you know that, that kind of upbringing. Yeah. Where you said, "Why aren't you as good as the other guy?" That's it's, it's a, that's all. He, that's what he's hearing, yeah. isn't it? Why? But that's the thing. You... It's cause it's his. Lack of political experience, isn't it? Because because a yeah. any other politician, yeah, would have said, yeah, we absolutely recognise that this is a very important thing. We're working as hard as we can to make sure that we roll out tests to the American people as fast as we possibly can. Um, yeah, and in order to help us do that, we need to make sure that our team is healthy and not causing more problems, and then and therefore yeah. delaying yeah. the issue for the American people. We yeah. need to, we need to and be in a way we're doing a favour because also we're testing the efficacy <laughs> of the tests. Uh-huh. You know, that's, so, we're putting yeah. ourselves in the firing line for this stuff on behalf of you. But yeah. no, it's it's uh, yeah, you're complaining about it's us about testing, you. and if we weren't testing, you'd be complaining about that too. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. So that's so he's <laughs> he's resorting to that to Morton's fork as an as an answer uh-huh. in order to. Not answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Not to avoid the, the accusation. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, our second example comes from Mike Lindell. And this is uh-huh. when there'd been an election and the governor of New Jersey, the one yep. that was elected was a Democrat, and the one in Virginia was a Republican. Yep. These votes that came in, 40,000 votes, um, they're not real. They're, they're not real. We've been getting flood. I've been getting flood, floods of texts on my phone and emails going, 
They did it again. They did it in New Jersey. Now, remember, they still cheated in Virginia, even though the Republican won. But for some reason there, they didn't do the big dump in the middle of the night. Maybe it would have been too obvious to steal two horses at the same time. You know, I, I don't know. So Mike reckons that despite the fact that the outcomes in these two states were diametrically opposite. Yeah. Yeah. One had a, a Democrat win, one had a Republican win. The process that went into that and caused essentially those two or, or ended up in those two results was yeah. the same. Democrats cheated. So they cheated in New Jersey yeah. and the Democrats won. They, they also cheated in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't assume they that win. they didn't cheat. Of course they, didn't. they also cheated it's in Virginia. Just because, you know, but, they, but in such a way that the 40,000 vote dump that happened allegedly in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, didn't they didn't, happen, didn't Virginia, happen. Yeah. Didn't happen. They cheated but, but some they other cheated, way. But they cheated <laughs> some other way because stealing two horses is much more apparent than just stealing the one. Yeah. Because if you're going yeah. to commit massive widespread voter fraud, you don't yeah. want to do it in two states at the same oh God, time. No. That no. would be too obvious. That would be, yeah. No, but not on not on the not on election night. No, you, you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. You know, on the on the one chance you've got, yeah, to absolutely. Load, load the ballot. No, boxes. you can imagine them getting yeah. together and mm. going. Well, I mean, obviously, we're going to cheat in New Jersey. Uh, shall we? Shall yeah. we also cheat in Virginia? Yeah, yeah. Let's cheat in Virginia, but let's not win there because no. that would because that would that tip would just. <laughs> That, yeah, and people would suspect that we yeah. cheated. Obviously, we'll still cheat. We're not going to not cheat. That would be crazy. No, no, no but, but we won't cheat in the same way. So how to are we done? Where we win? Yeah. How, how, so how does the cheating benefit <laughs> us? Oh no, well no, because you've got to take one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that yeah, one yeah. will give we them. Just, it's not yeah. that it'll benefit. We can't help ourselves. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're, we're going to cheat. So we're just going to cheat. So it's in our nature. We have a cheaty nature. We're going to cheat, but we're just not going to do what we did in the other state. Okay, so what what, what does the cheating evolve? Oh, I couldn't tell you that because that would be cheating (laughs) if you found out. Jeepers, creepers. That's another one of those twisty, turny. Oh, yeah, that thing that we're trying to prove happened and that there's no evidence for, what we're saying is it happened but there's no evidence for it. Yeah, there's yeah. The, to, be, to be clear, they deliberately there's, there's no evidence it. in either state. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just go back to pillows, Mike. For heaven's sake, he leave can't. It. He can't. can't he can't leave can't it. He's too can't. invested now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, no one's selling his pillows anymore because because he's gone gone yeah. so mad. Yeah. That like big companies that make lots of money are going, yeah, but we don't really want to be associated with this arsehole. No, no, no. So he's, he's, he's made his bed and now he's going to have to lie in it. It's the best I could do. (laughs) And now is the time I think for Mark's British politics. Yes. Again, in British politics, uh, I think whilst our um, politicians are heinous examples of, terrible people they're actually quite aware of being caught out saying the same thing twice on two sides of the argument and and kind of purporting that both things are exactly the same or the both things are different but they lead to the same thing they're very careful at not doing that having said that Keir Starmer's narrative about Rishi Sunak is that he's weak 
That's the word that he's used. And in when Rishi Sunak came to power, which was uh, October last year, October, November, he appointed Nadim Zahawi as the Tory party chair. Nadim Zahawi had been the chancellor for 45 minutes or so <laughs> under Boris after Rishi Sunak had resigned as chancellor. Um, and then Nadim Zahawi got got uh, appointed and then the probably the same day or the day later probably the same day resigned from his so he was he was appointed chancellor and then Sunak appointed him as Tory party chair despite that Zahawi had denied that he needed to declare nor was subject to investigations into his own tax affairs by the Inland Review when he was chancellor and Starmer calls Rishi Sunak to task for not sacking Zahawi on the 25th of January 2023, says this. Anybody watching would think it's fairly obvious that someone who seeks to avoid tax can't also be in charge of tax. His failure to sack him, when the whole country can see what's going on, shows how hopelessly weak he is. A Prime Minister overseeing chaos, overwhelmed at every turn. He can't even deal with tax avoiders in his own cabinet. Is he starting to wonder if this job is just too big for him? I have to leave that bit in there because it's a dig about little Rishi's size. (laughs) So so this is the the beginning of Starmer's diatribe about um, uh, he's weak, which was... (laughs) It's one of the backbenchers shouted, weak! Weak, yeah, weak. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a kind yeah, of call and response thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do you think of that? Weak, yeah. So, but it's a it's a, a page out of Blair's playbook. Who in the dying days of John Major's uh, premiership called him weak and would just say weak, weak, weak. So obviously, obviously the so that person had done the week. The second one, the, the third person didn't wasn't there quick enough. He should have gone week, week, week. Every time he says week, he should, there should be a repeat of it. Um, so he's called him weak for not sacking him. Uh, Sunak wanted to wait for the results of an inquiry as to, as to whether Zahawi broke ministerial code for not declaring what he didn't declare, rather than just sack him because he thought that would. Uh, allow him to be seen to have integrity uh, vis-a-vis innocent till proven guilty and some transparency that this system is going in place. I thought you didn't have to be cited for breaking the Mysterio Code anymore. Oh, no, that's right. No, you just you just have to <laughs> you just say, say sorry. Oh, no, oh, that's right. yeah, I'm really sorry with your fingers crossed behind your back. Yeah. And, go, really, and then you'll get reappointed as Home Secretary. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. But on the 29th of January, so that was the 25th of January, Starmer calls him weak for not sacking him. On the 29th, Sunak sacked him, saying he acted pretty decisively. But that was not enough for Steve Anglesey, who was writing in The New European, who says dismissing somebody only when it becomes inevitable does not stop you being weak. Just as paying your tax only when you're caught avoiding it doesn't stop you being a tax avoider. Zahawi did pay his taxes and his fines. Giving a tax avoider his P45 with a letter saying you should be extremely proud of your wide-ranging achievements <laughs> is weak. I mean, so, it, is, it is pretty weak. <laughs> it is pretty weak. It's pretty weak. <laughs> but, it, and, but there's Starmer saying, you haven't sacked him and you're weak. And then the Steve Anglesey is saying, you've sacked him and you're weak. 
So he's you can't. There's the two opposite things: sack him or don't uh, sack him. I, d- I don't know because I, th- I I think first of all, yeah, that that I I'm not sure they're two different things. Although it does sound well, like sacking, sacking and, and not sacking him. sound like yeah. different things. Yeah. Um the the issue is, is not sacking him until you have to. Right. And and yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, 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 yeah I think yeah, yeah. and I also think Anglesey yeah. is saying he sacked him and he's weak rather than he's weak because God, he sacked he, him. He's he weak because him. he didn't sack him before. Yeah. So yeah. they they I think they're both arguing that he's weak for the not sacking part of it. Right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh It'll be interesting, though, to, you know, the the weak rhetoric isn't over yet because he, uh, Starmer used the same thing about Gary Williamson, uh, saying he's weak because Sunak didn't sack him. After he resigned, Sunak was weak for appointing him in the first place. Mm. And Sunak is currently weak for not standing up to and sacking Dominic Raab yet over similar bullying claims, which is what Williamson went for, and that he's weak for appointing him in the first place despite the bullying claims predating his appointment. And also he's weak for appointing Suella Bradman, <laughs> despite her having resigned herself from Trust's 44-day premiership for breaking the ministerial code and using her personal emails to share ministerial documents. And Sunak is weak because he wouldn't have got sufficient support for the PM role if he hadn't appointed Braverman and Rob. But far be it from Starmer to get caught out using Morton's <laughs> fork because he's, yeah, I wanted him to say you're weak for not sacking him and you're weak for sacking him. But as soon as he did that, of course, the spin doctors on the Tory benches would be going, wait a minute, last week you said I was weak, then yeah. I did it, and now you're saying I'm weak. Can't win. So the, can't win. Can't win. Can't win, exactly. So my second example is I was listening again to um, the argument to the purse episode and I think at the heart of the nurses' strike for more pay, which we looked at in that that episode, there is a Morton's fork. That, and here's the, the basically the two sides of the argument. And look, I know things are difficult right now for everyone because of what's happening with inflation. And that's why our plans that we outlined last week will get a grip of inflation and bring it down. That's really important. There is the argument from government that you, you simply cannot put up wages by the rate of inflation because the rate of inflation is so high and you end up in an inflationary spiral, which makes it worse for everyone. And we all live with the pain for longer. So basically, nurses need an above average inflation pay rise because they can't afford to live because of the impact of inflation. But public sector pay rises cause inflation, which means people can't afford to live. It's a fork dressed up as a circle. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's one argument, which is uh, you can't, you need a pay rise because of inflation. And on the other side is you can't have a pay rise because of inflation. Yeah, essentially what the, what the, the kind of extension of it is, Mm. is that you'd be worse off. Either way, you know, which, whether, mm. if we give you a rise or mm-hmm. don't give you a rise, yeah, then you'll still end up worse off because yes. of inflation. Because if we give you the, if you yes, if we, yes, exactly, because you're going to cause it by yeah. us giving you the rise. Yeah. None of it's true, by the way, which we went into. Go back to episode one five. <laughs> I assume yeah. all our listeners are constantly dipping back into our back catalogue yeah. and okay, yeah, going. Just, oh, wait a minute, what did I say? <laughs> Checking yeah, yeah. Just stuff refer back. again. Absolutely, refer yeah. back to that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. What was it I said? Yeah. Did I did I make an ass of myself? Yeah. 
But the answer is always yes. Yeah, you don't need to yeah. check. No. <laughs> you save yeah, yourself right. a lot of time. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, it's right. yeah. No, soften the blow, why don't you? Yeah. So, and then finally I realised that what this Morton's Fork thing can lead to is encapsulated in this example. So what we have here is this astute political commentator, Francine Lewis, on Boris Johnson's imminent ousting from office last summer. And she's talking on the bastion of astute political commentary, GB News, on the 10th of June 2020. And actually, yeah, no, it's none of those things. Um, GB News is, is the equivalent of Fox News. It's just right-wing... Oh, it would love to be Fox News. It is, yeah. It's it's more... It's like OAN or something like that. It's yeah, Newsmax. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But, it's, but a really it low-red version Fox News. of... Yeah. And they just kind of wheel out these people. And you, and you look at them and you go, oh, didn't you used to be a Radio 1 DJ? Or, uh-huh. oh, weren't you a... Uh, environmental program maker at some point. Is it, only you've just got older and you're wearing less makeup and you've, you're greyer. And also, Francine Lewis is a D-list Britain's Got Talent winner in 2013 for doing impressions of E-list nobodies. So they got her on to talk about the political ramifications <laughs> of Boris Johnson's imminent ousting from office. An obvious choice. Obvious choice. <laughs> So here is Morton's Fork intersecting with the ignorant inertia of the voting public. Prime Minister is under pressure. And uh, the thing is, I, like we've been discussing before, you mm. know, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Boris Johnson. Uh, and I've always said he's damned if he does, he's damned if he... He came into, you know, he came to being Prime Minister at a really tough time. He's, you know, Brexit, Covid. Um, and I know he's made mistakes. I know he's, you know, not been totally honest with us. But also note that he's done the best he could have done under the circumstances. That's kind of the... She's bought into that narrative <laughs> as well. So I think there's a... There's a Morton's Fork characterisation of his, be- his being totally unfit for office and useless... But, but it's being characterised in terms of, well, whatever he does, he's damned either way. Yeah. I mean... So so we might as well keep him. I feel like he could have done a good job and then and then yeah. people wouldn't have been so angry with him. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. It's a, yeah. <laughs> there it's was another compl- option is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a complete... Re- it's... it's it, it kind of not a recognition. So saying, oh, well, he's damned if he is and damned if he doesn't, which is based fundamentally Morton's fork. But it's, it's, yeah. it's not we, a recognition. We wouldn't know because he hasn't tried doing good stuff. Yes, he exactly. only tried doing so, shit stuff yeah, badly. It's, it isn't a recognition of Morton's fork going on. And he's been faced with this choice, which doesn't matter what he does, he ends up... It, he It's characterising it as that a characterisation of all the chaos and absolute bollocks that he's wrought on Parliament and the country, as if he's being presented with options which are ultimately Morton's fork. And it's utterly beyond Francine Lewis to know that and to <laughs> say that. And and yet it leads somehow to her conclusion that whilst Boris is terrible and awful and guilty, at least we know that. <laughs> And that's better fine. the devil you know <laughs> yes because god help us we could get truss or sunak for christ's sake <laughs> and we don't know how awful that might be yeah and we do now and and you and that's her ignorant 
fucking Essex Estuarine vocalised version of that shit is how Boris attempts to manipulate us all. Don't fall for it. Your heart tells you yes, but your donors say no. You can't seem to find which way you want to go. The moment you give that burly boy the sack, just love that bites on a neck. Knows he's coming back You're damned if you do And damned if you don't Damned if you find Those fallacies in the wild And sure as you are Of lessons you've learned Decisions you've made will all be overturned. But life all alone is a life unfulfilled. You may not miss the hurt, but you sure do miss the thrills. You're damned if you do. Mavericks there with Damned If You Do, which is one of those marvellous songs where it's the same chord sequence through the verse and the chorus (laughs) all the way through, and it's just augmented with trumpets and Mexican stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective, and our first example this week comes from Tim Minchin's brilliant adaptation of Matilda. Yeah. Matilda Wormwood is a criminal. This morning, a piece of my private chocolate cake was stolen. It is my contention that you performed this vileness, Wormwood, you. You have two choices, admit your guilt and be punished, or call me a liar and be punished. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty Uh classic Morton's fault. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And you would just, you would instantly kind of go for the, the, what, the yeah, admit your guilt, and you'd, you'd start saying, <laughs> oh, no, 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 and then, you, yeah, you'd uh-huh. be stopped in your tracks. Meanwhile, the fat kid at the back of the room <laughs> has got an empty plate and chocolate yeah. around his face. He's licking his lips. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the injustice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. our second example is from Monty Python. Ah, and this cool. is a film producer clip where Graham Chapman is playing Irving Salzburg or something like that, I think his yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he's just explained a terrible idea for a movie that he's come <laughs> up with. 
Uh, and everyone, all of his acolytes are saying how amazing and great an yeah. idea it is. Sir, I don't know how to say this, but I've got to be perfectly frank. I really and truly believe this story of yours is the greatest story in motion picture history. Get out! Oh. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a yes man. Get out! Woo. I'll see you never work again! Woo. What do you think? Well, I, uh... Just because I have an idea, it doesn't mean it's great. It could be lousy. It could? Yeah. What do you think? It's lousy. Hey, where you see, he spoke his mind. He said my idea was lousy. Just so happens my idea isn't lousy. So get out, you goddamn tinkle subversive! Get out! <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that, that was what went on when Paul McCartney pitched Give My Regards to Broad Street. <laughs> And they just sort of made it. It's uh-huh. one of those. Or J.K. Rowling said, "Yeah, I don't need a sub-editor for my subsequent <laughs> volumes." And they go, "Yeah, brilliant idea." <laughs> and so you end up reading a fourteen hundred page novel that could be cut down, or watching "Give My Regards to Broad Street" that should not have been made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, with great power comes the ability to wield great power, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and then it, it continues with John Cleese being um, kind of not knowing which way to go, and and they yeah, day, uh, yeah uh, maybe it's good, but there's some issues with it, and and he gets fired for being uh, indecisive. Indecisive, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our final example in this section comes from The Simpsons. This yeah. is one of the earlier Treehouse of Horror episodes. I think right. Treehouse of Horror Seven, I think, and uh, it's it's. Uh, witch trials, basically, in Springfield. Yeah. Okay, here's how the process works. You sit on the broom and we shove you off the cliff. What? Well, hear me out. If you're innocent, you will fall to an honorable Christian death. If, however, you are the bride of Satan, you will surely fly your broom to safety. At that point, you will report back here for torture and beheading. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So there's this assumption that, oh, yeah, so you you, go, you fly down off the cliff over to that land either and then you'll just come back you'll just report back yeah. you will report here <laughs> yeah because yeah. if you've got the power to <laughs> not fall to your death and be dashed into a thousand pieces what you're going to do is definitely come back <laughs> and, and be subject to the law of the land yeah, yeah. well it's the, it's the the because i saw an image of morton's fork being used as a tool to dunk a witch into a pond. Yes. Which is the thing yeah. that it reminded me of in the studying with some uh, kind of morbid glee, the um, the medieval tortures when I was at school. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them, of course, was dunking your witch into the pond with the ducking stool. And if they drowned then they are innocent but well, if they survived then they're a witch and that would be yeah that's why i picked to death. this clip because that is a common belief right so in the uk and in the us mm. for that matter yeah this was this this ordeal by water the trial by ordeal was mm. was mm-hmm. a common thing that people did do to try okay. and uh figure out who was a witch and they they so they would tie the uh, thumb of the right thumb to the left big toe and vice versa, left right. thumb to the right big toe of, of people right. who were accused of being witches. And then they would throw them in the water or they would use dunking stools or whatever. And the theory right. was that if they drowned, then they were innocent. Uh, but if yeah. they yeah, survived, yeah, yeah. then they were 
a witch and then they would be killed. Yeah. But yeah. actually by dunking them into water <laughs> yeah. and drowning them. But but yeah. actually they didn't leave them to drown. They oh, that's okay. kind of the common thing that that still generally yeah, believed yeah. but it's not actually the case. And and when this was happening which was largely in the kind of 16th and 17th centuries um by that point if you did do that and leave someone to drown and say oh they were they weren't a witch then then you'd probably be tried for murder and probably be killed yourself wow so they would they would wait to see if the person sank and if they started to sink and didn't kind of float or whatever then they would they would rescue them and get them out and they would be all right so they didn't kill the people who turned out to be innocent they just killed people who right. could swim, essentially, or or float. <laughs> yeah. People who were generally buoyant. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, we would have yeah. kind of worked out. It's still not that, a great system how to survive. No, but, but yeah. So yeah. if you were working hard to not drown, <laughs> uh-huh. then that was to your yeah. detriment. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. um, as as recently as 1728, this was still being done in Hungary. Wow. So uh, it was, and and in some countries. They actually had it the other way around. So if the if you if you sink, then you're a witch, and and so they would still get you out oh, oh, and then okay. kill you. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. they wouldn't yeah. leave you to drown. And if you oh, floated, okay. then you were then you were, then that was wow. because uh, either God was you know stopping you from dying or the the water was rejecting you or whatever. So okay, yeah, yeah, that was the, that so was the theory. So that would be confusing if you were a kind of independent woman of some means traveling across europe yeah yeah you'd have to keep up to date absolutely with what, yeah. are the, what are the witch codes <laughs> wouldn't you yeah uh-huh. whilst whilst studying baroque architecture in 1728 yeah you you kind of and you know take yeah visiting the court of louis the 14th bloody hell <laughs> you still could be done for being yeah. a witch and in the backwaters of pre-Brexit Britain. You know the, yeah. the the Monty Python one, which we've used before. Yeah. How do you know she's a witch? Well, she looks the one. She weighs the same as a duck. Yeah, yeah. There was a judge, I think, in maybe Germany, yeah. called um, Jacob Riccius, who yeah. claimed that um, actually the reason that this works, this trial by water, is that witches right. are supernaturally light and you could weigh them as an alternative. <laughs> like, you don't have to dump wow. them. You could just weigh them and if they... If they weigh, oh, not yes. I don't know if he went as far as to say if they weigh the same as a duck, but that was essentially that, the yeah. system. Very small rocks. Yeah, he yeah. suggested it as an alternative. Yeah. So wow, well that's go. fairly logical. Yeah, who were you so wise in the? In, <laughs> in the yeah, yeah. So before we move on to fake news, there's time to talk yep. about our Oscar pool because it's now up yeah. and running. You can now They're take weird. part if you want to decide which you think are the films that are likely to win the various Oscars. Yeah, you see, this is where I've realised I've gone wrong all this time, because I'm... I, You're mixing up what I you would, would like to win. I was full of spite and anger <laughs> about and fury about how the, the whole thing is rigged and they ought not to win, but, yeah, ignore me and just go to the two... the, the yeah, felicitatrump.com slash Oscars and put in the ones you think are going to win. Yeah. They're going to win, whether you agree with it or not. <laughs> I've got to get off that. Yeah, that, that. But I won't. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you're guaranteed, yeah. So I was like seventeenth or something last year. <laughs> so there are sixteen places, fifteen places above me, because Jim will be in first place. Uh, but there, yeah. So you can have bragging rights for getting a lot right. Yes. And 
thumbing your nose at me, who's self-confessed film expert. <laughs> and yeah, it's finally up and running, so you can go now and put in your yep. your options there. We will be going through. If you'd like to wait and hear our expert advice, <laughs> we will be going through um, all of the films in our next Patreon yep. uh, only special bonus episode about all the Oscars. Yep. Uh, we'll be talking about Every category all and all of the films that are nominated and saying which we think will win and should win and what is and not nominated that should be. Clearly and what, a travesty what is insane yeah. and don't understand why it was nominated in yeah. the first place. We'll be recording that on Thursday night and I'll put it out as soon as possible after that so it'll be there for you before the Oscars. To encourage as many people as possible to take part in this, what we like to do is yep. use it as an excuse to give money to charity. And so yep. this year, um, for every person that takes part, we will be donating $5 to the Turkey and Syria support campaigns uh, with care international where they will be helping out a lot of the people who really really need a lot of help at the moment because they are displaced from their homes or they've lost their homes in uh, the earthquake and they need your support really they need our support Mm. Uh, so we'll be supporting them and we'll be giving as i say five dollars per person who takes part in this if you don't care at all about films but think that sounds like a good thing to do you can also join in that and you can go to fallaciousTrump.com slash donate that'll take you directly to the care international website in your area so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news folks i love the game it's a great game i understand the game as well as anybody as well as anybody Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. See, I realise this game represents an appearance of choice, and I'm duped every week into thinking that I can make a genuine decision of my own free will. But whatever happens, the total number of games (laughs) against which my score is measured increases incrementally by one every time. So the impact I can truly make is continually minimised and rest assured, my lawyer, a certain <laughs> Mr. R. Giuliani, has been informed of this injudicious use of Morton's fork against me. Well, I certainly would not want to go up against Rudy in court, so we'll have to see Quite. what we can do about that. <laughs> yes, and, and um, there are three or four FBI whistleblowers <laughs> who back me with my protestations yeah (laughs) so our theme this week is that uh cpac just happened and yeah it was it was a little less well attended than previous cpacs probably partly because previous times um, yeah partly because matt schlapp the guy who runs it uh was was recently accused of sexual harassment by one of herschel walker's staffers oh okay that would normally be a problem Obviously, because it's, it's Republicans. because <laughs> no, it's Republicans. Uh, but, yeah. but it was a male staffer. Uh, oh, okay. So they, yeah. they were a bit conflicted. They're going, yeah, that's fine, but mm, no, yeah, mm, yeah. Yeah, so, so less people went along. But Trump was at this one. He gave, he gave the final, the closing uh, coda to the event. And right. uh, it, it, there was some images in, on social media yeah. of the number of empty rows of seats while he was yeah, talking. Yeah. Uh, which obviously he wouldn't acknowledge at all. But no. um, but he spoke for an hour and 45 minutes and supposedly, because, mm-hmm. you know, he is a presidential candidate, you would think yeah. this would be a good opportunity to talk about to his platform, yeah, uh, his what policies, he's, what, what he's going to... Yeah, yeah. How he's going to make America great again, again. Yeah. That, he went he, he went a different yeah. way on that. Uh, he just ranted, yeah. as usual. So there are, here, here are some... We might be using... 
a few <laughs> weeks worth of this speech. <laughs> uh, so right. this is right. this is three things he said. Okay. Number one, Biden is a disaster. He's a disaster for our country and frankly for the whole world. Everyone knows it. You take a look at what's going on in our once beautiful cities. You can't go out anymore. It's too dangerous. People are dying in the streets and he's doing nothing about it. It's like they don't care. Well, they don't. If they cared, they would. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Statement number okay. two. Yeah. We have yeah. oil and gas, but we don't want the oil and gas cars. But we want everything, including electric cars. But we also want gasoline because the cars go longer and they're preferred by many people. We don't like quick drives and a stop for two and a half hours. It's April Fool's. They want all electric stoves all over the country, but we don't have the electric power for that. Wow. That, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That, uh, yeah, that's just like a brain fritz, isn't it? Yeah. If, you did, if you've if got one of those CPR machines <laughs> and, and like a defibrillator out of a public phone box and applied it to his head, yeah. that's what would come out. I mean, it might help. It's worth a go. It would. Yeah. It might. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we should do that. We should, yeah. Next time we see him, we'll do that. Statement number three. Okay. Okay. He he moved on to immigration by this point. He said, uh, think of it, they're emptying out their prisons, and you've heard me say that, but they're also emptying out their mental institutions, and to use a strong couple of words, insane asylum. Insane asylum, that's where anybody sees Silence of the Lamb, that's where they come from. Insane asylum. That's a stronger word than a mental institution. See, I think that's what that is is a provocation there, with the with the singular lamb. <laughs> it, it, insofar as it's a gym you think, provocation, you think it's a lure? Do you? I think it's a lure. I think being lured, yes, yeah. Uh, see, I think the Biden is a disaster, disaster for our country and frankly for the whole world. It's kind of it's inane enough. It's 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 kind of oatmeal. It's beige. And that bit, the fact that it goes dot, 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 I don't know, it makes it, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's, you know, it's got no bells and whistles, so it's not, it's not fire, it's not Trump fireworks, whereas the oil and gas is full of fireworks. <laughs> Nothing but fireworks. Nothing all but. fireworks all the time. All the time. <laughs> All the quick drivers, April Fools, electric stoves, it's got everything in there, which makes me suspicious, but also <laughs> makes me think that that's right. And, the, and and then we look at the silent of the lamb, which I think is a lure. Oh, no. You've heard me say, and you've heard me say that is a very... Oh, mm, is that the kind of thing that you would know to write in? And also, insane asylum, that's a stronger word than mental institution. Well, it's two words, isn't it? Because he said, by his own admission, a strong couple of words. Insane asylum. Oh, no. God damn it. Okay, so... So I mean I'm in conflict here. I think the Morton's fork is happening inside my body right now. So, but because it doesn't matter what I choose, I'm going to lose because the number <laughs> of number of games that we played will go up by one, and and I will be judged against that. 
Uh, okay, so I think then. Oh no. Uh, okay, I go, all right, I'll go for it. So I think number two is the one you made up. The fireworks and, and everything. Yeah, bells and whistles, gasoline okay. and oil. Yeah. So of the other two, yeah. which are you more convinced by? Uh, the Biden is a disaster. The the oatmeal beige okay. one. Yeah. And number one. And yeah. Is. Yeah. Fake news. Oh, good work. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Cause you I went less crazy oh, than, see, than you him. You don't have to write the bloody fireworks. You can just write oatmeal stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Of which, because it's that kind of low-key stuff that he does when he's he's just fed up with speaking to people. Yeah, I mean, the speech was pretty low energy as a whole. people to give him money and be and love him. Yeah. Mm, right, yeah. But, so that's what was convincing about mm. it, that it's it's that. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Here's the usual, usual stuff, and before an idea has occurred to him. I mean, I'll tell you what. This one, because sometimes what I do, uh, yeah. I, I always kind of look through the week, looking at things that I might use. I've got a small list of things that I can go back to. Um, But but generally, I kind of keep an eye on what Trump is doing each week. And I knew CPAC was coming up. I knew he was going to be speaking at CPAC. So I thought, well, he's definitely going to say some bullshit at CPAC. Um, But but I left the writing of this one, the fake one, right right until the last minute, like to the last five minutes before we started recording. I was like, oh, I haven't done that. Oh, yeah, I haven't done that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it was going to be. Yeah, Yeah, it was very much a kind of uh, just stream of consciousness. Well, it's the kind of stuff Trump says sometimes. And rather than, you know, trying to craft something careful. So maybe that meant it was a bit less mad than the stuff he actually said. But but the thing is, that's what makes it all the more convincing because it's those things where he has the kind of firework moments and then there are sort of the bits in between where you just have to... You can imagine him turning the page, if he could read. <laughs> he would be turning the page at that point. But there's yeah. bits where he just... He loses his energy and he can't be asked anymore and he just goes through the motions <laughs> and and still tries to... And people still applaud and go, yeah. Oh, so yeah, they applaud at everything, no matter yeah, how asinine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like, for example, number two. <laughs> yes, exactly. But at least that one's got some madness in it. Yeah. Whereas number one, that's what was convincing about it. Damn your hide. <laughs> that, that it's just ordinary and it's not got any fireworks in it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, see, now I'm, I'm privy to your um, how you do this stuff. I can <laughs> look through it because there will come a time when we've got to do it the other way around. And I think, oh, what the fuck am I going to do that? Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That time may come pretty soon, yeah. I think. Well, Not really? If, oh, well, it's, it's, no. for those who don't know, that's our next Patreon goal. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we are a few patrons away, not very many patrons okay. away from um, the point where, we'll, for one episode, we'll switch roles. And yeah. Mark so will do all of that stuff, and I'll me do to write that stuff. Yeah. and then and and more importantly, <laughs> more probably more frighteningly, that's fairly scary having to do that. But we're going. What we're going to do together, if you sign up enough people, is we'll get Jim to sing the the fallacy in the world thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So and we so know he's you know he does a thing that will happen. He's, he's <laughs> not a he's not a keen follower of music and all that stuff. Mind you, they are about telling stories, so yeah, yeah. Be, well we'll see. Piece of piss. Yeah. But I've I've never heard him sing <laughs> and there's probably a good reason for that. If you want to make that happen <laughs> Yeah. Then uh yeah, if you're not already a patron, go ahead and sign up at patreon.com slash F Trump. Um, and, and then you get, yeah. and not only will that happen, but you also get access to an almost infinite <laughs> amount of it is. Yeah, I think off. for yeah. legal reasons, <laughs> so we ought to not you so not technically almost infinite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what I will say is there's deal. roughly the same number of patron-only episodes as oh, there yeah, are as, fallacious Trump episodes yeah, yeah, as yeah. a whole. So it's basically like having a whole other podcast to listen to. Yeah, um, you get and the XL versions. Yes, yeah. all, uh, plus you get stuff for where we look at we look at uh, Trump related things uh-huh. and the whole the whole uh, the whole of q q and on <laughs> we've looked at yeah not not just not the star trek q but the whole of q and on uh and and yeah zads of stuff yeah <laughs> so uh yeah number two you thought was uh was the one i made up and that in I fact did. was real we have oil and gas but we don't want the oil and gas cars but we want everything, including electric cars, but we also want gasoline because the cars go longer and they're preferred by many people. We don't like quick drives that are stopped for two and a half hours. It's April Fools. They want all electric stoves all over the country, but we don't have the electric power for that. What the what is he talking about? What does he think April Fools is? Yeah. <laughs> no one's being pranked into having an electric yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Ha ha. April <laughs> He sounds somewhere between a pastor. Well, actually, in, in England, that would be a very. I've just had the experience of um, attending a high church sort of Catholic, <laughs> but. But, but Church of England version of Catholicism. Um, thank you, Martin Luther. Um, <laughs> sing-songy high voice, which is just an extraordinary thing to witness. And it, and it also somehow makes me, brings to mind um, Davy Jones from the Monkees <laughs> complaining about what happened when the Monkees broke up. It's just that weird... Vo- it, it's a kind of whiny voice, but what? This yeah. is the man who wants to be the president. This is—he's not. He well, these are his. He, you know, this is his platform. We want—we want oil and gas. We don't want oil and gas cars. We want everything, including cars, electric yeah. cars, gas cars, and stoves. Yeah, can't have that. But we haven't got enough electric power for that. <laughs> so, so well, you can't have electric cars if you've not got enough of stoves. I'm pretty sure they have enough electricity for everyone to have an electric stove. Everything in America is electric, isn't it? All the the, the like food processors and popcorn makers, and everything, everything <laughs> is electric. Getting and an that's... insight into Mark's view of America. Yeah, that's it. That's all. Yeah, it's from about 1956. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, apart from big massive Buicks uh-huh. and petrol, you know, those kind of um, solar powered. 
magnetic float of Professor's Floor lawnmowers <laughs> that were that were drawn in 1950 on the cover of sci-fi magazines. That's what America's like, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, this, this segment, skirts. Um, there, he had a, a teleprompter for this whole speech. I mean, obviously, he didn't right. stick to the teleprompter. He never does. But often right. it's easy to tell because there's bits that make sense and then he'll go off on a yeah. a bit of a tangent. It kind of goes, yes, yeah, and we're always thinking yeah. about yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the that's a, that's the worst, yeah. Okay, and and he'll say yeah. stuff like, uh, you know, I I say that sometimes. I just heard myself say, yeah, 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 yeah. Know. As I always <laughs> say, and yeah, yeah that's, um, it's really bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this uh, for this no. this was this didn't <laughs> seem to be a digression from something yeah. previously that he was saying. It's not even like Prompter isn't say something about oil and gas. I no, don't know. They, they can't. Know. I mean, they can't have written any of this stuff down. Who is and writing then, it? His, his campaign managers. He's got interns. Hasn't he? <laughs> he's got, Maybe he's, he's not going to pay something. anyone. I don't know. <laughs> If he written it, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd written it. There would it be down. pictures. There wouldn't be any <laughs> yeah, writing. Yeah. There would just be pictures of a 1950s <laughs> sci-fi cover of a floating lawnmower. Yeah, the, person, the, man, camera, yeah. TV. <laughs> <laughs> Oil, gas, electric stove. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that'd be it. We don't like quick drives, and no. we stop for two and a half hours. Nobody drives quick drives. Just because you've got an electric car doesn't mean you. it's a quick drive. They've got superb acceleration, but you still have to abide same, by the rules. Yeah, same speed yeah. drive. Just Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's, just, it's all mad. It's, but, uh, it's, the, it's, but it's all true, which makes yeah, it even worse. It's what yeah, he actually he said. said. It, he said it. And oh, I've, I no. have, people have said, you know, mad people have said, yeah. this yeah. is one of his best speeches ever. There's, who, uh, I think, who on earth um, it was Juanita Brodick, um, who oh, is, okay. who yeah, is, a, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've uh, not the only person. Like other people then replied to that, going, "Yeah, it was amazing." And like, I, did you watch the same speech? Yeah. Did what? you hear what he said? Did you see the words that he used? Does yeah. he have some kind of weird hypnotism thing, where? You just, well, if you're well, watching him, if you're that into him, yeah. if you think he's great, you watch him and you, you don't actually out. hear any of the stuff he says. No, no exactly that. Is that I it? think that's the, it's the same effect that Tucker Carlson uses where he just slams some things together knowing that people will be angry about one of them. Yeah. So that he, they will make some meaning from the other two things. And yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to do any work. It's about that, yeah, it's about inserting the right amount of red meat, isn't it, in there, and, yeah. and just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, occasionally yeah. saying something hateful, yeah. and uh, yeah. so the, so that everyone can go USA. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or um, you, yeah, yeah. You just got to shout George Soros every yeah. now and then. Yeah. And go rah, and they don't know why they're doing it, yeah. other than that's what they've learned to do. There was a seventies horror film called Death Line, um, right. which was partly set in the underground, in London Underground. Okay. Um, and and there were kind of like zombie type characters, and there was just just this the the kind of most memorable part of it, I think, is the the cannibals, the zombie cannibal cannibal people underground who who would just kind of chant "Mind the doors" because it's what they hear from the underground. Constantly, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just like it just yeah. absolutely made me think. You know, they don't know why they're doing it. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yeah, it's just 
kind of their these mindless creatures just chanting mind the doors (laughs) yeah 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 oh in um there's a goon show uh called the scarlet capsule which is a bit like the uh quatermass thing it's Mm. a spoof of the quatermass thing they discovered that the scarlet capsule was an abandoned underground train (laughs) and uh the the strange inscription Minardor <laughs> was actually mind the door uh-huh. mind the doors yeah so that, yeah so that yeah mind the doors <laughs> yeah exactly that's they just that this point we need to insert noise mm-hmm. and that noise is we don't know what it is it's just stuff we've learned to say yeah back back to my experience of a high church <laughs> thing with these people just chanting this stuff, outrageously subservient nonsense. That's <laughs> what they've been trained to it. do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, been trained to do it. They're, they're, where does that written down? How do you know to <laughs> say that? What's going on? Why? I'm, yeah. It is a cult. It's a cult. Take me out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's obviously number three uh, was the other one that you thought that oh, that was real no, uh, and no. indeed is is real is a thing that he genuinely said in front of people think of it they're emptying out their prisons and you've heard me say that but they're also emptying out their mental institutions and uh to use a strong couple of words insane asylum insane asylum that's where anybody see silence of the lamb that's where they come from insane asylum that's a stronger word than a mental institution why, why Why? do they laugh after Silence of the Lamb? <sighs> Insane asylum. What's he, why is he doing that? <laughs> why is he doing that? I don't know. It's okay. like he's just decided he likes the sound of those words. Yeah. Insane asylum. Insane asylum. Insane asylum. That's where anybody sees Silence of the Lamb. Singular. <laughs> All of which means... A bloody lot <laughs> again. Yeah, as as predicted, the uh, the yeah. total number, the the, the yeah. denominator has gone up by, by one. one. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the and the numerator has not has not gone. Whatever, up. yes, whatever choice you're faced with, it's a mons fork <laughs> of yeah. The outcome is the, the yes, the denominator's going to go up one. So whatever your the embarrassing performance that you <laughs> have, yeah. Your side of that, it's going to just prove to be a, a woeful loss of percentage points. <laughs> yeah. But but whichever way you yeah. go, if you get it yeah. right or wrong, yeah, the it, the situation is the same for us. It's entertaining for us, not so much for you. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoy. Yeah. It. No, that's all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. At my expense. Yeah, you carry on. The lot of you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Yes, it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called The Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government is Not a Logical Fallacy. Because that's <laughs> the name they chose yeah. <laughs> for yeah. their own subcommittee on uh, basically accusing there of being a deep state. Well, I was going to say, which would be quite alarming if they could prove it. That's the thing, yeah. isn't it? But they, they've set themselves out quite a, uh, a, a big thing, a, a large stall to uh, to then subsequently prove it's almost. I mean, they've got form just, though. They've yeah. got they've got oh, yeah. uh, they've got experience of um, <laughs> of yeah. being scared of stuff that doesn't exist and yeah. of also, of investigating. I mean, Benghazi was um, that went on for a while, yeah, and there was very little there to talk about. And then, and then the recently Didn't the uh, the FBI uh, thing about the the in cahoots with Twitter to. Suppress. Oh, the Twitter. Yeah, suppress yeah. Suppress <laughs> White House tweets and something. And then it turned out, in the investigation of it, it turned out the Republicans had done it and the Democrats yes. hadn't. So I'm just, I'm, I expect that that is probably what's going to come out of this. But they just go in with a yes, it's a weaponization of the deep state relationship. With, yeah. Uh, yeah, with the FBI. I mean, mm. the one thing they've done. I mean, and this is Jim Jordan, so it's smart for him to have done this. Yeah. Uh, is is they didn't do it publicly, right? They did all of these um, interviews with who the people they claim are whistleblowers. Yeah. Uh, behind closed doors, right? And um, so the Democrats have now released a report. Yeah. Saying, here's all of the stuff that we've learned through this inquiry. Yeah. Um, and this subcommittee. Um, and and here's why, basically, all of it was nonsense. <laughs> and yeah. um, and the Republicans have gone, oh, you've just cherry picked things that they've said that make them look like radical conspiracy theorists. And um, rather and the than Democrats being <laughs> radical <laughs> <Yeah>. conspiracy theorists, yeah. <laughs> and the Democrats have have gone. So hold have the hearings publicly. Yeah. Let's interview them in public. Let's do it on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear it. Let everyone hear everything they have to say. Yeah. And the Republicans are like, yeah, it's not. They didn't sound very good. Yeah. Because <laughs> were, were they was it sort of hoping that this would be a spin-off from the January sixth stuff? They're going, oh yeah, that way it's good TV. Let's make <laughs> we'll make a series. That's kind of political, not about that, but we'll make one. And so they got it greenlit by the GOP. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, do that. And then it turned out they go, no, it's just shit. We haven't cast it well. It's not written terribly well. It's <laughs> badly edited. And, yeah. And, the, and people only remember the things that make us look like fools. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rolling Stone reported one one Republican familiar with the process um, <laughs> said that it's been very much amateur hour, and airing this stuff on live television would make us look like morons. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like the pilot they want to keep secret. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, even though they've gone, you know, for to a to like six or seven episode pilot, and he's going, no, just no, it's terrible. Don't do it. No, we've got to do it. It'll be great. No, no, no. And it is it's the smart choice, because if you don't ever show people all of what's been said by these mm. uh, supposed whistleblowers, mm. then you can continue to claim yep. 
that the Democrats are just taking things out of context. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you are determined never to show the context yes. and never to say what they actually said. But, but you, can, um, you can just say, oh, that's not what they said. They were much more convincing than yeah, that. Yeah. It to- it, yeah. It's the usual, yeah, they- the usual <laughs> promise proof thing. Yeah, go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, wait till you see the thing. Oh, yeah, no, we will. Oh, we'll yeah. wait. Yeah. It's really good evidence. Yeah. You wait. You, oh, man, yeah. it's so oh, good. Blow your way. Yeah, all of that stuff. It's just going to yeah. make you look so stupid when it comes out. You just look like you've cherry picked the whole lot, and you're just yeah. being vindictive, vindictive, you know. But yeah, yeah, that day may never come. But <laughs> but when it does, boy, is it going to be? You're going to be things be raining down on you like tons of hot bricks. Yeah, yeah. So the um, the the witnesses that they had, basically Jim Jordan, who is the chair of this subcommittee. Mm. Um, he claimed that they had dozens and dozens of wow. uh, whistleblowers, yeah. of, of witnesses who were prepared to come and talk to the committee about uh, the deep state and how it is weaponized against Republicans and, and its anti-conservative bias. Right. And they are just kind of, you know, raiding people left, right and centre with no reason for it or anything yeah. like that. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, attacking people who were just, Nice tourists having a nice day out on January 6th. Uh, nothing wrong with any of that. <laughs> no, um, yeah, just happened to have a flag. He, yeah, yeah. And some but he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't presented dozens and dozens of witnesses. Oh, um, oh okay. he's he, got, he managed to get three um, former FBI agents right. to come and talk to the committee. Yeah. Um, and of those three, mm-hmm. they were, well, the let's say the Democrats focused... A little bit more than they might have liked, right? On on previous kind of statements that these people have made, things okay. that suggested that they strongly believe in mad things, right? And <laughs> okay. which kind of does that give the reason for why they're now former FBI <laughs> employees? Well, yeah, yeah. In some cases, it does mm-hmm. um, because some of the reasons that they might no longer be FBI yeah. people, yeah. Um, include, for example, uh, refusing to take part in a, um, a an arrest of someone who was an insurrectionist, basically. Uh, uh, um, okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, right. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one was, was suspended, supposedly, at least in part, for um, not... Uh, for refusing COVID vaccination. Oh. for On the grounds that, you know, it's... They're trying to George, control you George through, Soros, yeah, miniaturized that George kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. uh, Garrett Garrett O'Boyle, who is, uh, I think, that one who right. who refused a, um, a COVID vaccination. Yeah. He he claims that he was suspended by the FBI for his contact with Congress for for contacting uh, Republicans in Congress to tell them about all of the bad stuff the FBI was doing to people. Um, okay. So the, the the Democrats on the committee uh, asked him to share his suspension notice, yeah. Just which gives the de- gives the reasons why, why he was suspended. suspended. Yeah, which would, uh, he, he, he didn't want. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, he didn't want to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. He refused to do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. On the grounds that this would prejudice his case against them, or would would give them evidence that. Or is it just because it isn't what he said it was? Yeah, yeah, hard to say. Yeah, but yeah, it would be irresponsible to speculate. Yeah, because he's not—he's <laughs> he's not 
given it up and you go, okay, so the grounds on which you've been suspended are in your eyes because you were blowing blowing the whistle to the Republicans about the FBI activities. Okay, so can we see that then? Can we see? I've been suspended because of this. Yeah. So okay. Can you prove that? Yeah. So why? What's, <laughs> his, what's his reason for not sharing that? Oh, he doesn't. No, he doesn't give. A oh, reason okay. For that. All right. Right. All right. Not. Not because. It because the, if he showed it to the Democrats, then they would just tell people. Yeah, and well, uh, his counsel, his his lawyer gave a reason. Right. He said, um, and well, this was because he also didn't give the Democrats fifty-ish um, documents that he shared with. Uh, congressional Republicans, um, right. and and so his uh, his lawyer said that he didn't release the information to Democrats on the committee because he knew they would leak it to the media. Oh, uh, okay. So there you go. A concern which has been proven justified by but, them not leaking that right. information <laughs> right. to the media. Right, by uh, being transparent and open and sharing <laughs> the stuff. By releasing an official report, <laughs> yeah. a congressional report. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. not secret. It's not. It's not destined for a lockup at Mar-a-Lago or anything. No, it's no. not that secret. Yeah, I mean, it should be said that if you are an FBI, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe we have FBI agents listening. In yeah, which well, case, we'll you probably know, know this. Yeah. If you <laughs> yeah. are an FBI agent, yeah, and you have a problem with how the FBI is doing stuff, mm-hmm. there are procedures to go through to to yeah. do that to yeah. raise concerns about you know, orders that you've been given or your chain of command and that, that kind of thing yeah. that basically involves going to the, the Inspector General's office, mostly. There's other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. But um, but instead, these people chose to go to Jim Jordan, naturally. Like you do, um, yeah. To, to validate his mad theories about the deep state. <laughs> yeah, particularly O'Boyle, who's going, well, yeah, because I, my thing, the reason I was dismissed is because we get a subsidised food... Um, concession at the, and I take the piss and I, I go and I, I've got like a wheeled suitcase and I fill it with sandwiches and that's why they dismiss me because I, I well. take more food than I get paid in a month that, so effectively I'm getting yeah. paid double that's... Well, Stephen Friend, one right. of the other yeah. uh, former did FBI exactly special that. agents, yeah. he didn't do exactly that, right. no, he, he resigned from the FBI, he wasn't Oh, he wasn't removed, pushed. But he oh, okay. resigned um, because uh, after refusing to take part in a SWAT raid of January 6th Capitol yeah. riot suspect Tyler Bench um, and an alleged member of the right-wing 3 percenter militia. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Who, who was one of the guys who did a video of himself outside the Capitol, yeah. at, you know, on January 6th. So it was like he was, yeah, he, he was, was there. there. He yeah. was carrying an AR-15-style rifle. Uh-huh. So he was one of the people who, according to Trump, there were no guns, but no. he was one of the people who had a gun there yeah. and had, had and a video of himself with the gun. With the gun. Um, going, I've got a gun, I'm outside the White House. Yeah. 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 So uh, Stephen Friend said that the raid that they did on this person who they know has an AR-15, <laughs> yeah. um, or AR-15 style rifle at least, yeah. uh, They said he said the raid constituted excessive force and he described himself as a conscientious objector. <laughs> right. Um, uh-huh. And uh, during questioning... He did confirm 
that ownership of a firearm, even without any additional factors, yeah. would be enough of a, of a factor on its own to justify deploying a SWAT team in an arrest. So yeah. when you're going to arrest someone, yeah. if you know they're armed, yeah. you would, that's, a, that's a reason to do what they did when things. they arrested this person. Yeah. Um, but he claimed in this particular case, because it was a, you know, because essentially some of these people are oath keepers or yeah. that kind of thing, uh, aren't they? Yeah. Um, he also claimed that he was asked by FBI officials to uh, surveil a person attending a school board meeting. Because this right. is another claim that Republicans keep making. Right. That, you know, they, they are uh, criminalising parents just looking out for their kids and, and they're, they're calling them domestic terrorists. These days you can get arrested just for going <laughs> to a PTA meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the claim. That's, right. that's what they're saying is, is, you know, these are parents just, just wanting to look out for their kids and they're getting called domestic terrorists. Right. And so, yeah. So they and, turn and, up to in, PTA in full body armour and... Yeah, absolutely. Guns. Um, um, And so he's backing this up by saying he was asked, you know, by FBI officials Uh to surveil this person at a school, attending a school board meeting. When he was interviewed about this, um, he revealed that, yes, okay, this person was part of the 3% militia. Oh, um, okay. And they were currently right. under a counterterrorism counterterrorism investigation yeah. at the time, which is why you would and, be they would be under surveillance. Yeah. Fair enough. And they yeah. did get later get arrested with Tyler Bench, the guy who he said shouldn't have been raided, yeah. um, and all of that stuff. So it's not. I mean, it's technically accurate to say the person was going to a school board yeah. meeting. Yeah. But there but, are some yeah, some other extenuating <laughs> circumstances which would explain yeah. the need to. It's not they're not just doing it because because they're going to repeat it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. There would and the thing is, like, it feels yeah. Yeah. like that's not taking it out of context so much as adding context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's to. Ex- in an explanatory kind of way, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why would that happen? Oh, that that. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. The other former FBI intelligence analyst, yeah. who was uh, George Hill, yeah, uh, not George Roy Hill, the film director, unfortunately. Ah. He has uh, made several media appearances claiming things like the Bank of America unlawfully provided the FBI with a list that cross-referenced company data on gun and travel purchases right. to identify Americans who made purchases on Washington D.C on January 6th, and own firearms. So he got sight of that. So it's kind of, well, that's the sort of thing where, yeah, so these people bought firearms and blah, blah, blah. So the FBI go, okay, right, thanks. So, yeah, so the yeah. claim he's making, and has made on in media appearances, yeah. is that, um, yeah, the FBI got information they shouldn't have access to right. about people who they know own firearms yeah. and who they know through financial transactions were in Washington DC on January 6th. Right. And based on that, we're able to then obtain arrest warrants or, or do investigations. Yeah. And they shouldn't have had access to that. So that's weaponization of the federal government against people because, because they disagree with their, you know, God given right to insurrect. Yes. And that's that's the 83rd (laughs) amendment, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. 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 But when he was questioned about this, yeah, a bit more context was added. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So, in, like, can you the... show us the list then? Yeah. Mr. Well, Hill? more to the point. Yeah. Did you ever actually see this list? Oh. To oh, which the what? answer is no. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so he's kind of said, "Oh, yeah, there is this list. You'd at least uh-huh. want him to to be able to." Well, I didn't. I I didn't get to. I haven't got the list. 
but I it came across my desk. Yeah. But now you say you didn't even no. see it. He he didn't see it. Um, okay. He's claimed he claimed that he only knew about it through secondhand chatter from colleagues. So Other the very definition of hearsay. Yes, second-hand um, <laughs> chatter from Colin. Yeah. He's at the water cooler and overhearing yeah. other people saying, oh, yeah, there is this list, you know, I really... And, he, and that's, uh-huh. that's it. He didn't... Yeah. He works for the FBI <laughs> or worked for the FBI. That was enough yeah, he's evidence. He's an intelligence for, analyst. Yes. That was his job. The first thing you want to do is grab them. And go, before, you, yeah. before you go back to your desk... I've just overheard you saying there is this list that the Bank of America passed yeah. on to us that we can cross-rep. That's, that's, that's kind of deep state stuff. We ought not to be – we should be looking into that. Can you show me that list? Yeah. That, no, he didn't do that. He didn't – and he didn't see he it. And he said it was. <laughs> he, he learned about it through secondhand chatter and according to the interview transcript, his own t- attorney – um, right. George Hill's attorney yeah. said that given his role, he wouldn't have even been aware of such a request. <laughs> huh? So Which... not only did he see it, he didn't even hear about the fact that it might exist well, that he could then look at. Which maybe he, he, yeah, maybe he heard about it in the corridor from people in other departments or something like that, or heard wow. something he thought was something that sounded a bit like that or whatever. Wow. And that, and so that's fine then to go on like Fox yeah, and, and so OAN have, and people and say seen, it exists. I've seen it. What? Yeah. The, no wonder they fired him. Christ. <laughs> now he retired. Oh, okay. On, of his own volition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no at current suggestion right. that he was made to retire. Right. But um, yeah, go, no, yeah. He, your contract's not going to be renewed, Mister Hill. I think you should just <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Friend, back to him. Yeah, yeah. He has claimed that the FBI uh, has been manipulating its case file management system to falsely inflate threats of domestic terrorism. Right. But prosecutions tell a different story. What he's saying is that they uh, they are pretending, they are scaring people into thinking there there's more domestic terrorism uh, okay. than there is. They don't actually prosecute because there isn't that much. Right. But they 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 make up that lots of cases of uh, exist, domestic terrorism to, 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 to yeah to make people. Yeah afraid mm-hmm. and and believe that right-wing groups are committing yep. domestic terrorism I, that kind I of thing. sense that there's a however <laughs> well <laughs> there's an agency called the government accountability office that, that kind of checks stuff, stuff like stuff, that yeah which is not the fbi but yeah, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. um and they have shown sharp rises in both the investigation and prosecution mm-hmm. of terrorism related mm-hmm. offenses mm-hmm. over the last few years so okay yeah. Fair enough. So 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 this is Jim Jordan spearheading a, a an investigation in into the proof that the the, <laughs> the FBI is basically it's being weaponized to to bring down certain vested interests on the right. And that we're going to look at that, and we're going to reveal that, just like the other investigator, the select committee that revealed that the FBI were in cahoots with, cahoots with Twitter to suppress certain tweets from the White House. So, so given given that the 
They're not very effective, these... They're, they're not, not doing a fantastic no, job. No, no. In, no, in they've providing been, the evidence yeah. to show that there is a deep state conspiracy going on that's masterminded well, by the FBI. Yeah, I mean, specifically on the existence of the deep state. Mm. Obviously, they asked mm. these people who were coming as witnesses specifically to provide evidence for the existence of a deep state. Yeah. Um, and George Hill was asked uh, about the deep state as a kind of concept, and he said that he had little to no first-hand knowledge of alleged deep state scandals, which makes him a fantastic witness. (laughs) (laughs) When what you're trying to do is prove the deep state is is not only exists, but is weaponized against conservatives. So so in in terms of the evidence that's been produced in support (laughs) of the existence of a deep state, conspiracy spearheaded by the fbi it's not going well it's not super convincing (laughs) no no wonder they don't want to televise it and (laughs) what they're doing is distracting people by saying oh yeah well you're just cherry picking the stuff well no (laughs) there are no there's no good bits to to avoid (laughs) there's no proof that's going on that they're cherry picking around they're just showing the stuff that's come <laughs> up what the hell so yeah. is it going to continue this thing is or is jim jordan just oh. going to quietly <laughs> just go to work and not do any more of this well let me answer that question yeah <laughs> yeah by by saying that having been uh, mocked widely across the internet yeah. for the fact that these whistleblowers, first of all, don't even fit the legal definition of whistleblower yeah. and are clearly extreme right-wingers. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he has responded to that yeah. and to the the Democrats releasing this, this report by announcing that he is going to subpoena 16 more FBI, current and former uh, FBI employees, uh, that had been named by the three witnesses they've already got. Oh, uh, and so he yeah. will be in, interviewing those 16 mm-hmm. in further closed-door testimony he's not planning on televising that either because chances are if they were if they didn't come forward voluntarily their testimony is going to be even less convincing they're just mentioning it's kind of yeah it's kind of if you ever want to write a crucible too (laughs) this is the time to write it because he's they're they're just going to say oh yeah well you, you think my stuff is rubbish yeah you need to talk to that guy and then they're going to call that guy in and, and he will just say, oh, I've got a clue what you're talking about. And <laughs> they will just say, well, we'll let you go if you just throw other people under the bus. Yeah. That's just madness. Oh, I look forward to the next season of that then. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. You're not going to believe this, but we've just had it confirmed that there was no evidence of widespread fraud in the 2020 election in Arizona. What? I'm not talking about the $6 million audit completed by the Cyber Ninjas, paid for by the Republicans, which included a hand recount which found 360 more votes for Biden. I'm not talking about the investigation Trump hired the Barclay Research Group to undertake, whose results weren't released because they didn't find any results. No, this is a whole new story about an investigation launched by then-Arizona AG Mark Burnovich which concluded in March 2022, having found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. 
What's that? Yes, March 22 was a year ago. Why do you ask? Oh, because the report which showed Trump lost was never released. Instead, the following month, Brnovich released an interim report claiming his office had found serious vulnerabilities in the state voting system that raises questions about the 2020 election in Arizona. Yes, that was a lie. In September, Brnovich's office produced an election review summary which made it clear that any claims of fraud were not supported by evidence, but they didn't release that report. In fact, the only reason we know about it now is that Brnovich left the AG job in January and was replaced by Chris Mays, a Democrat. So, I make that four times Biden has won the 2020 election in Arizona? (laughs) That's got to be a record. In a Charlie Brooker-esque Black Mirror parody of the Sex Pistols courting infamy and the tension when in 1978 they recorded a song with notorious great train robber Ronnie Biggs, Trump has released a track featuring him reciting the Pledge of Allegiance over an ambient backing interspersed with a male voice choir singing the Star Spangled Banner. The choir are none other than those being held in a Washington, D.C. prison for their parts in the deadly January 6th insurrection he incited. And they are grandly named for the single as the J6 Prison Choir. Robert McGuire, research director for the Watchdog Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, said, I have never been more repulsed by the mere existence of a song than one sung by a president who tried to do a coup and a literal choir of insurrectionists who tried to help him. And that in a world where Justin Bieber exists. (laughs) Apparently it was, quote, produced by a major recording artist who was not identified. Well, I'm not surprised because he's remained anonymous. It's awful. Basically, it's a Tucker Carlson documentary squeezed into two minutes, 30 seconds through the worst Zoom connection ever. Say what you like about the Sex Pistols. At least their stuff sounded well produced. And at least Johnny Rotten didn't pretend he meant it when he started advertising butter. I expect even Rotten would balk at the fact that the song is intended to raise money for the families of those imprisoned. Trying to have it always? Well, that's not punk. That's just self-obsessed panhandling of egotism in search of high office. Oh, yeah, duh, Trump. (laughs) George Santos has had plenty of publicity, including from this podcast, for all the many lies he's told, but I'm starting to think we've treated him unfairly. We've singled him out for ridicule, when in fact there are plenty of other Republicans who also lied about their backgrounds. I'm not talking about the many, many lies of failed Georgia senatorial candidate Herschel Walker, or even the ever-shifting heritage of Florida Republican Anna Paulina Luna, who, like George Santos, has claimed to be Jewish, despite her whole family saying she's Catholic and her grandfather (laughs) serving in the Nazi military. No, I'm talking about Tennessee Congressman Andy Ogles, who seems to start every question he's ever asked by saying this. Well, so I'm an economist. And I ran to fix the budget. I'm an economist. Yeah, you know, so I'm an economist and worked in as an economist. You know, as an economist. Now, if you're a sweet summer child who takes Republicans at their word, you might think Ogles is an economist. Mm -hmm. But if you're Nashville's News Channel 5, you might look into it and discover that, well, he isn't. Sure, his congressional bio says he graduated from Middle Tennessee State University where he studied policy and economics. But when News Channel 5 tried to check, they found that he'd blocked release of his college transcripts. Totally normal thing to do, which he later claimed was due to fear of identity theft. Undaunted, News Channel 5 found an old resume from 2009 in which he claimed that his degree was in international relations with minors in psychology and English. But let's be fair... Maybe there's a lot of economics in the international relations course at Middle Tennessee State University. 
Well, maybe, but News Channel 5 eventually got hold of his transcripts and found that even that resume was a lie, and he actually has a degree in liberal studies. <laughs> he did once do a semester of principles of economics at a community college, and he got a C. <laughs> Incidentally, News Channel 5 also looked into Ogle's claims that he'd worked in law enforcement and was heavily involved in the fight against human trafficking, and they found out that he was a volunteer reserve deputy with the Williamson County Sheriff's Office for two years until he was canned for not meeting minimum standards, making no progress in field training and failure to attend required meetings. Wow. <laughs> Good work, News Channel 5. Now, do you think you could look into these people before they get elected next time? The right is all about freedom of speech and that they're being denied it across the entire media landscape, which they never tire of telling us on their YouTube podcasts and Fox News shows with their tie-in books available on Amazon. Ron DeSantis is one of them, complaining about being cancelled from his platform as governor of Florida and runner for president. But don't forget that the right, whilst being mindful of everyone's right to be able to say what they like, are also terribly sensitive, wincing, tiny, delicate beings almost like an individual ice structure that en masse forms snow, who really don't like critical things being said about them. No surprise then that Florida State Senator Jason Brodeur introduced Senate Bill 1316 this week, which would mandate that any blogger writing about government officials, including the governor, lieutenant governor, cabinet officers and any member of the state legislature or executive branch, has to register with the Florida Office of Legislative Services or the Commission on Ethics every time they post a blog and be subject to daily fines if they fail to do so. Apparently, this is because, as Brodeur told the website Florida Politics, paid bloggers are lobbyists who write instead of talk. They both are professional electioneers. If lobbyists have to register and report, why shouldn't paid bloggers? Ron Kuby, someone who isn't just called a lawmaker like Brodeur is, but is an actual First Amendment lawyer in New York, said, it's hard to imagine a proposal that would be more violative of the First Amendment. He equates bloggers to non-political people, not subject to lobbying rules, basically like all other commentators that write. We don't register journalists. People who write cannot be forced to register. It's going to fail when brought to court, Jason, so I suggest you perhaps go after those actual paid lobbyists who spout partisan nonsense against political leaders whilst pretending to be journalists on TV. Oh, no, wait a minute. That would apply to Fox News, of course, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you live in a Republican congressional district or a red state, or if you have ears and pay attention, <laughs> you already know that Republican politicians are hateful, despicable people worthy of our disdain. But you might be wondering, who's the worst one? Well, it's a closely fought contest with a lot of great candidates, and I'm not saying this is going to be a recurring segment, but I'm also not not saying that. This week, I'd like to make a case for Alaska State Representative David Eastman, who took part in a Judiciary Committee hearing last week about the impacts of children growing up in violent or abusive households. And he asked the head of a children's charity this question. How would you respond to the argument that I've heard on occasion where in the case where child abuse is fatal, obviously it's not good for the child, but it's actually a benefit to society because there aren't the needs for government services and whatnot over the whole course of that child's life. Uh. <laughs> End actual motherfucking quote from an elected representative. Holy fucking shit. What? Even if that was an okay thing to think, let alone say out loud, 
what response did he think he was going to get from the guy whose entire job is to help abuse children? Good fucking point. <laughs> if they're going to die, they'd better do it and reduce the surplus population. Uh, there you go. Yep. The Alaska House censured Eastman for the question, making him the only Alaska lawmaker to have been censured twice. The first was back in 2017 when he suggested rural Alaskan women try to get pregnant so they can get a free trip to the city to get an abortion. They can call me whatever they want. They can blame whatever they want on me, but I'm not going to stop doing this work. A noble sentiment from a righteously motivated, inclusive activist who's yet again being shut down by the oppressors? No, it's America, so of course what we have is another right-wing self-appointed education expert like Stephen Crowder and Matt Walsh, who is so aggrieved by the fact that they can't make enough money from their outrage channels alone that they're going after the children. The quote is from 28-year-old Chaya Rachik, who's added author to her list of self-described accomplishments, which also includes real estate agent and full-time internet troll, though neither journalist nor expert in child pedagogy makes the list. Despite that, she's certain that the left wants to indoctrinate schoolchildren and so has written a book that has really important messages for some of these things that we're seeing in our culture where they're really targeting children and going after the kids. No, no, we're not seeing that, Chaya. You are for money. To combat these far-left activists in our schools who want to tear down childhood innocence, she's created a book that's really not political. It just has a message for parents and children across America. No More Secrets, The Candy Cavern, tells the story of Rose, a second-grade lamb whose new teacher, Mr Woolley, is more interested in giving her sweets than teaching her how to count and read. Well, whilst the parallel Rachik is drawing with his tail is unclear, I suspect that she knows that her hate activism followers will do all the work she's not done in making the allegory clear in their red mist-descended heads. Normally, people would throw this stuff away as the insane ramblings of an AI sentence creator learning how language works. So fair play to Chaya for monetizing her trash can, which actually is exactly what her online presence has done thus far. How many left-leaning constituents have to die as a result of the threats of violence and harassment that the likes of Chaya attract against their subjects, including actual bomb threats to children's hospitals that she has targeted? How many before the right can ease off, securing the knowledge that no one remains to vote against them? Oh, that's right, never. It's a never-ending war against reasonableness and a sense of supportive community. It's also, it's a really weird analogy. Because she's, she's, I think what she's going for is saying Mm. that the kind of the indoctrination that that she and people like her, Matt Walsh and and Stephen Crowder see, is is talking about the existence of gay people and trans people, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And and that that is happening in schools, even if the parents wouldn't allow it. Right. And so in that way, they've got this teacher giving candy to, to the kids, even if even they're, they're and saying, you know, you're, you're not allowed it at home, home but, I, but you can right. have it in my classroom, right? Okay. That's, right. That, I think, is what she's going for. But okay. what she's done in that is equated knowledge about gay people and trans people 
as something which kids desperately want but can't get at home. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and aren't allowed at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And is if th- this is a children's book, so it's for kids. Yeah, she's telling the kids that the stuff that your parent, that your teacher wants to give you that you're not allowed at home, is awesome stuff you really want. You want, yeah, it's mad. <laughs> when parents tell their kids yeah. not to accept candy from strangers, they're yeah. not saying it's because it's candy. They're saying it's because the strangers don't only want to give you candy. They want to do bad stuff. The bad stuff (laughs) is bad. Ignore the good candy. This guy is just giving them candy. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he wants to do, this lovely teacher. It's lovely woolly (laughs) sheep. But But that's the thing. She's not got sufficient... Well, I think she's relying on the fact that she doesn't do any work at all on her hate-generating channels. The audience does all the work. We yeah. know, as filmmakers, we know about... If you just juxtapose a few images, you can make an entire story in the minds of the viewer because without doing any work, the minds of the viewer will do all the work. Though, So the bit in Reservoir Dogs where... Um, the stuck in the middle with you plays, and the nobody's ear gets cut off in yeah. vision. Doesn't happen. It happens in the and it, which <laughs> saves Tarantino a fortune in visual effects. Uh-huh. You, don't, you don't have to do it. The audience does it. We know how that works. But everybody say, "Oh Christ, that bit where he cut his ear off, that was awful." Didn't happen. Didn't yeah. happen. So the bit. So she's writing this story without having to do the work of making the allegory complete because she can <laughs> rely on the facts. Yeah, she can make them, she can just rely on people going, oh, no. we know what you mean. <laughs> ah! yeah. yeah, well, when I read about Republicans like Lauren Boebert and Thomas Massey trying to abolish the Department of Education, my first thought is they just don't value people knowing stuff, which is true. But then there's also the fact that the stuff people learn in school tends to be largely reality-based, and reality directly contradicts most conservatives' worldview. Then, of course, there's the potential to make money by turning all schools into private enterprises, and we know they love that. But then occasionally I'll read a story that makes me go, oh, yeah, that's also probably part of it. (laughs) The story I'm referring to is the story of Ohio couple Logan and Catcher Lawrence, the founders of a pro-Hitler homeschooling network that provides lesson plans to over 2,500 homeschooling parents. On MLK Day, they told their followers, it is up to us to ensure our children know him for the deceitful, dishonest, riot-inciting Negro he actually was. And in case you think the reports calling them Nazis are Godwin-esque, they proudly embrace it. Catcher, who goes by the rather on-the-nose pseudonym Mrs. Saxon, told the neo-Nazi podcast Actung Americana that the reason she set up the group was... I was having a rough time finding Nazi-approved school <laughs> material for my homeschool children. Yeah, weirdly. Fucking hell. <laughs> Since receiving some less than entirely positive coverage in the mainstream media, the Lawrences have protested that people are cherry-picking the neo-Nazi aspects of their lesson plans, claiming these were just fun extras, and complaining we were deliberately made to look very unappealing. <laughs> They also claim that Antifa is to blame for the negative coverage, and this might, in fact, be the first time that's true. Well, yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the people who are going to complain about <laughs> about the fascists, fascists are going to be, yeah. by definition, anti-fascist. Yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, on this septic isle, this small-minded world, this fecal stone set in its selfish sea, little Rishi got his deal on the EU border versus the Northern Ireland piece of gold non-border announced and he consequently hailed Northern Ireland as the prime investment environment for businesses and a fantastic place to live for residents because it had access to the UK market and the EU. And that it's unique in that no one else has that except you guys. Except that we, all of us, had all of that in the UK until his party took it all away thanks to fanacking Brexit. Whether this was a slip of the tongue, utter ignorance, or a way to usher in a better trading agreement with the EU without the ERG and other right-wing Tory party fuming, gammon-faced xenophobes noticing, remains to be seen. It's a bit of a Morton's fault, because if Rishi's deal goes through, the DUP probably won't rejoin the Stormont power-sharing assembly in Northern Ireland, and if it doesn't go through, then Sinn Féin probably won't join the Stormont power-sharing assembly in Northern Ireland, and thus Northern Ireland won't be self-governing, which is also in the Northern Ireland Peace Accord. Elsewhere, bits of Sue Gray's report into whether or not Boris Johnson and his oiks broke the ministerial code by having illegal parties during lockdown have leaked out. WhatsApp exchanges reveal Matt Hancock as the bitter, twisted, toadying, power-mad idiot that we all knew him to be. He's swiftly fingered the leaker as a betrayer of work confidences, much like he betrayed the confidences in his marriage vows when fingering his secretary at work. <laughs> Post-report, Sue Gray has finished her job as civil servant and has been invited to join the Labour Party to be Starmer's chief of staff. The right are in meltdown, because whilst they were vehement that Sue would be so impartial in the role, that's why she was appointed, now she's going to Labour. She's obviously a stooge of the left and turns out not to have been their kind of impartial at all. Fruit and veg remains unavailable and Secretary of State for Food Theresa Coffey advises that we should embrace the turnip in a parochial England twist on Mary Antoinette's cake. She also suggests that people work more hours to be able to afford what little food there is. This from a woman who earns £155,000 a year and claims for her groceries and energy bills from the taxpayer on top of her salary. Yep, Ingerland's the place to come to boost our economy AI superpower just as soon as ChatGBT can work out the visa situation and mid-journey can conjure up enough to eat. Oh, grey tea, hot. Make it so. <laughs> so that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Or simply tell one other person, in person, about how much they like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our strawman level patron Don Tuvi, Renee Zed, 
Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us when we met her at QED we could just call her Amber, and our true Scotsman-level patrons, Stephen Bickle, Janet Ueta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Halk, Max Beaver, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much for your continued support. It's really very much appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.